0: We're going to begin by learning about a character by the name of Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest. He and his wife had lived their entire life. They were older. He he was about the time that you're about to finish your job as a priest before you retire, which was pretty old, which is for those times where the average age is near mid-60s. He's up there, probably close to that at the time, and his wife is, is about the same age as him, and the story of Zacharias is a story that I brought in for the fact of a portrait of faith, and think about yourself, what's going on throughout you know, the world, going on throughout our churches things we deal with every day the people that we deal with and why exactly would you know Zacharias be faith be considered faithful as you see as we go and read through this and it really is one of those things we need to focus on and I've said this before we do need to focus on fathers we need to focus on on fathers being present in our society. a lot of the problems we have today are a direct result of the absence of Of fathers in everyday life I believe this is both it's always been that way there's been issues with fathers Uh, as a matter of fact David was an absentee King David was an absentee father every time one of his children wanted to talk to him it was whether it was Absalom he they came Absalom comes before him and he says tell me who you are I'm your oldest son oh his own son, Nathan, came before him as a prophet and talked to him. He didn't know that Nathan was a son. Solomon came before him with their mother, Bathsheba, and Bathsheba had to introduce them because David hadn't seen Solomon since he was a baby. A lot. There was a lot of issues with that. David was a serial, I mean, he was essentially like, I guess the term nowadays they say, serial monogamist, meaning goes from one relationship to another. When he ran away from Saul, he camped in a city, he got married, thought that was it. Well, then he realized he had to go and leave. So he got up, went to another city, found another wife, got married again, started all over. He did that 13 times while he was running from Saul. 13 times he married someone, and then when he had to get up, he got up and left and left them and their children. So we see a lot of things like this throughout the Bible that actually reflect on us. And you can understand why children like Absalom was had such a hard time with his father. He had a vendetta against his father. And you see that today. We see a lot of parent kids that grow up without fathers and they have a vendetta against fathers in general. Now, they don't know their father, but they have father against fathers in general. There's a lot of, through Hollywood and everything, of, of you know, lowering fathers to be like a laughing stock. But it's very important. It really is. Because women tend to be the more faithful one than men, but men need to be there for the purpose of correction, of, of reproof, of holding up what the mother says. The father doesn't need to be contradicting the mother when she says things. He needs to be standing behind her and holding her up as, as a figure to the children, using her wisdom at, along with his as he goes throughout raising children. So the father is very important. And in this case, we're going to see someone who lived their entire life, they didn't have any children. And so, I want you to consider, as we read this, just from the perspective of Zacharias and what he's thinking as things are going on. So, in the first chapter of Luke, the first several verses are Luke introducing the fact that he's writing this to a friend of his, so that he can have a gospel that starts at the beginning and goes all the way to the end. So in the first, it says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in the order of a declaration of those things which are the most surely believed among us, even as they be- delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent, uh, Theophilus, that thou mightst know the with certainty of the things wherein thou hast instruct, been instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. I'm going to stop there saying Abea was an order of priests. We actually see this if you go back into, we're not going to go there, but uh, 1 Chronicles 24. They had set up a series of priests, and they did 24 positions of priests. And the 8th office was essentially like a priest was a a part-time position, meaning you would come for a period of time to help with the animal sacrifices and stuff like that, and then you'd go back and you'd live a normal life working a normal job for the rest of the year. So we know from this that he had a, a typical job. He, when, you know, he, he was a basically, I say, bivocational. He, had a, he worked for the church, basically, at the temple, and he also worked an everyday life. So he wasn't apart from the people. He lived amongst the people that he was working with. Six says, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, And they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. Interestingly enough, a lot of people say we don't really know when this was. But if you take those two verses, we can get a good idea of it. Because if you go back into uh, the book of Exodus and go to the 40th chapter, it explains to you when the priest is to go into... They had incense holders outside, outside of the temple. They would burn just as to keep a sweet savor before the Lord. But then they would also have one inside the temple. And the purpose of that was for the cleansing of the priests. Because the priest is going to go in there and, and do a, a sacrifice for you before God... But before he can do that, he needs to be clean. So essentially, they would, one priest would, they would wash and they'd get cleansed. And then the other priest would do an incense offering for him. And then they would essentially switch. The other person would clean and get washed up. And they would do an incense offering for the other priest. And they would do that to make sure that the priests were blameless before God. Because they needed to get it all out there. Get everything out so that they didn't have any evil intentions when they went before God. So this was happening during the Passover. And two weeks before Passover is when this was going on. So he's in there just before the Passover. We don't know exactly the year, but sometime between minus, you know, negative four and zero BC, I guess. (laughs) There wasn't like zero BC, but. um, So we do know, you know, we have an idea that he's working in the Passover. And, And so 11 says. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for the prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah, Elias Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is, he was told that this is where they say, he went in the, he's, he's, uh, John the Baptist was the final Old Testament prophet. And he was in the way of Elijah, meaning he was preparing the people for the coming of a Messiah that would come after them that was even greater than him. And so we see that with this, that you know, he wouldn't drink, he wouldn't, he would, he, you know, he'd be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. One of the things about this, if you think about it, this he's giving Gabriel, the the pre, the, the uh the angel is giving Zacharias a charge here. Because little children need to be guarded, they need to be protected, they need to be guided. So if he's never to drink strong drink and he's never to do these things. That means he needs to be raised in a certain way. He needs somebody who's gonna try and protect him and help him and see help him see what's going on. So essentially he's giving a charge to Zach Rice. Because Zach Rice, if he knows these things, he's being told in advance, I need to make sure that I do the best I can to help raise this child to be the best person he can be, so that he can be prepared to do all these things that he's going to be he's going to do, to be a great person. So Zach Rice is getting a charge, the charge of fatherhood, which is to raise a child in the way that he should go and it is interesting how that if you think about the concept of this, you know we talk about salvation and how that you need to be saved, you need to believe in Christ, you need to make a profession but it's clear that even here, even in the old times, it says he'll be filled with the Holy Ghost even from in the womb. God puts his spirit upon people to help guide them and help direct them. You just have to not fight against that. There's a thing called the grieving of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about it. Peter talks about it. It's when the Holy Spirit is telling you what to do and you're fighting it. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. The same thing when you do something sinful and you feel guilt over it. That's the Holy Spirit being grieved, yeah. crying over the fact that you chose to do the wrong thing. And this is the reason why Christ had to come down and be, and be slain for us. So, we even from birth, the Holy Ghost is with them. The Holy Ghost rests upon all of us if we choose not to fight it. We have to, we have yeah. to not fight with God. That's one of those things in my life, I fought with God, man. It's like, when I, when I got saved, it was like, okay, finally. It was like a boxing match. I was like, okay, I give up. I throw in the towel. Yeah. <laughs> do what you got to do, God. I, I, can't, I can't fight anymore. I've been fighting and running. I can't go anymore, God. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was surrender. When I say surrendering to Christ, it was surrender. Because it was like I was battered and bruised and torn. Yeah. And there was very little, very very little to scrape off the ground. And I was like, all right, God, okay, I give up. Do it. I'll do it. So we're going to start again and we're going to start in 17 because we need to see that one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. And one of the things that God does is he for he he gives us a want to love both our children and to love our parents. Even when they're mean to us or they're bad or they treated you bad when you're a child, you still have an ingrown love for it but the thing is is this needs to be charged this needs to be brought out of people so 17 says and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of elijah to turn the hearts of their fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the lord and Zacharias said unto the angel whereby shall i know this for i am an old man and my wife is well stricken in years And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season." And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. See, that's the problem that a lot of us have. This is why I use this, is because Gary he is talking to an angel, which says, you know, there's great dread to deal with this, and great, and yet he still questions. I mean, if you're, you're talking to an angel, so obviously a miracle has already occurred. And he says, you're going to have a child. He goes, how can I know? That? How can I do that? I'm an old guy, man. Come on. I mean, you would think that most people would just be like, yeah, whatever you say. Okay, right, right. No, he's like, ah, I don't know. It makes sense to me. And because of that, he was made to not be able to speak. He was made dumb. I honestly believe, I've looked through, I actually had a poll, several sermons that were talked about this. And there's a very good parallel between that and us. With When it comes to, when we question God about something he's revealed to us that he's going to give, even if it's something you're, you want to desire for, but it just seems like it's always being pushed off. Today, pushed off the next year, pushed off the next week, pushed off the next month. And we question God about it. We become, in a sense, dumb and can't speak because how can you... How can you manifest God when you're doubting what He's doing? Yeah. How can you live the life that's 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 pouring out God into other people's lives, that's shining light on other people yeah. if you don't believe the promises he's made? Yeah. How can you do that? If you're doing that, you can't. So until you see that promise fulfilled and you go, Oh, glory God, that's a miracle, it happened, it worked out, perfect, thank you, God. Now I'll be good, now I'll follow what you said. Well great but what happened to the months before when you weren't you in that time you're you're you are hurting your testimony you're you're grieving the spirit Amen. you're unable to show god to the people around because you're not being faithful to god if you're being faithful through your life through everything you're building a testimony you're speaking god into people's lives without even without even knowing it just in your everyday actions but if you're being disobedient you're not following then what's happening is you're being shut up. You can't speak the truth and the righteousness and the promises of God because you don't believe them yourself. Mm-hmm. People see through your actions Amen. far more than they see through your words. That's right. yeah. You could say 100,000 words and do one action and knock them all off. Yeah. You're only remembered by your most recent worst act. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is what people remember about yeah. you. Your most recent terrible act. That's what people remember—a lifetime before of great things. Your last terrible deed. Therefore, it's good, it's great that you know we have a father who covers over a multitude of sins and doesn't look upon those sins. But in this world, we're supposed to be a shining city on a hill, showing the goodness of God. Well, you're, you're you're destroying your witness. You're destroying your ability to speak it into people's lives. By sinning, by not coming forth with God, by not trusting what he says. Well, What does he say? If you love me, do my commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And take care and love those around you. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he says. So if you're not willing to do that, then you're not believing what he said. How can you say you believe what he said if you don't doing what he said? So it's shutting up your testimony. So... Zacharias, because he didn't believe it, even if he hadn't been spoken, told, you know, this, he hadn't said, you know, how can I know this and questioned it? If he really doubted it in his heart, he probably wouldn't have gone out and said, hey, guess what happened? A miracle just happened. He probably would have kept it in. He would have just kept it in, kept it to himself. He wouldn't have spoken the glories of God. Throughout the whole pregnancy, he probably wouldn't have, because he's holding this in. He's not assured sure of it. Well, that's the, it's, this is a literal thing of what happens figuratively, of us damaging our testimony by doubting God. So we're going to start in 22, and we're going to see a, a little bit more where uh, just about what, 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 Zach, what Zacharias is going through with this, because it says, we'll start in 21." And it says, "And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple." And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And those, after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself for five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. So we actually do know, again, his administration would have been slightly more than 60 days long because you start with Passover and you go through what's called Shavuot, which is the, the uh, Pentecost 50 days later. So after, sometime after that, he went home and she conceived a child. But even she didn't believe it. She didn't know what was going on with her body, so she hid herself away to see what was going on. There's a very good chance of that. The reason why that was is she probably had miscarriages and stuff in the past and she didn't want people to think she was pregnant again because of the miscarriage. She didn't want to go through that pain of dealing with that. And she wasn't told. She wasn't told the promises. And Zacharias couldn't tell her everything that would happen. He could probably write it down or something, but who knows how detailed he could have gotten with that. But she conceived the child and she hid herself because of that. But she says, the Lord has looked on me and taken away my approach of men. Meaning that this means that they wanted this. They probably, I mean, who doesn't? When you get, you get married and you want to have children, after a period of time, you're like, you know, man, we really just have children and raise them. And you get this vision in your head, but God won't give it to you. You can't do it. Well, hopefully you're like Abraham and Sarah who they went out and they were a father to everybody who came their way, whether they were in the the cities coming out and journeying, or they were people, servants who worked with them. Everyone saw Abraham as their father because he became a father to many far more than he probably could have had he just been a father to a child, because he's able to not have to always worry about his family. So hopefully they did that. It doesn't tell us whether they did but you know through this issue that they were grieving over the fact that they had lived their entire married life and could not have children this was a big deal for them and we see that it's the name john comes from and it's an in the old testament it's not as much as some of the other names but uh, in the hebrew it's johanan johanan is it means yo which is yah which is god the lord yahweh the Lord has been gracious. The Lord has been gracious. So when, when Gabriel went to him, he said, you're going to conceive a child. And it is going to be because the Lord is gracious upon you. In your older age, you're still going to have children. It's still going to carry on. The Lord is always gracious. And so that's the name that, that he was told to have, Johannan or John in our, in our current form of saying it. And the Lord is gracious. He's gracious to everything he does. Like <laughs> Pastor Phillips said today, sometimes the God, God is slow. He moves so slow by our standards, man. He is just, it takes forever mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, Peter says God is not slack containing, concerning his promises. As we compare slackness to men, we think of men a whole lifetime as 70, 80, 100 years. We, oh, it's taken years. God's been around forever. So when he fulfills in his lifetime, it's always on time. It's right when it needs to be. So we're going to go and we're going to jump forward to the 57th verse because it goes through some other things that we're going to deal with later. But the 57th verse of the first chapter is where it continues with this part of the story. And we're going to read and I just... I want you to see the, the dynamic between the two, the married couple in here. The married couple in here. There's a dynamic here that goes on. And just and see how it works. In 57 it says, Now Elizabeth's full time had came, and she should, that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, And they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, No, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote saying, his name is John, and they marvelled, and his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God, and fear came on all that dwell around them about them, and they, all these things sayings were noised about abroad through the hill countryside of Judea, and all they that heard them laid up in their hearts the saying, "What manner of child shall this be?" And the hand of the Lord was with him. I want to point out there that look at the, the back and forth with this. Evidently, John, he had called, told Elizabeth I want him to be called John. And, you know, oftentimes you, when you're naming a child, you, you, want, you think, oh, I can name him after my father. Or name him after, you know, my, like one of my nephews is named after his grandfather's middle name. And all of these different things. She says, what are we going to call him? Well, it's been nine months. Well, from the time that happened, it's probably been 11 months, a year. Zacharias has been been dealing with this. And what are we going to call him? They want to call him Zacharias after his father. He's going to be a great man. And, and, and Elizabeth says, no, his name's John. So you can't do that. That's not that's not custom. The custom is this. This is what we do in our society, so it has to be. And we said, nope, this is what we're going to do. And what did... What did Zechariah do? He confirmed his wife. He stood by her. And she stood by him. He said, we're going to name her John. She said, yes. When they said no, Zacharias stood by her. They stood together as a pair, as a unit in God that they they knew the promise they were to raise up this child and in the way of God. And in doing so, they worked together as one to do this. They came together and worked together as one. He Strengthened her, she strengthened him. It's very important because if the father yeah. and the mother are not strengthened, then how can the children know what strength looks yeah. like? If the father constantly goes against the mother or the mother constantly goes against the father, the children will have confusion. Even there are times, I, again, I, have, I know many people that. Actually, my brother, one night. he was like, man, he's like, the other day, I absolutely hated that I had to sit. He, Basically, the, his, his wife told the children something, and he doesn't agree. It's a difference in raising the children. He thinks they should be raised a certain way. She thinks a different thing. Mm-hmm. He was at work. She said, this is the way it's going to be. They came home. Kids said, Mom said, this is the way it's going to be. And against everything he wanted, he said, then that's the way it is. I'm standing with her. Because the two need to stand together as one. Yeah. You can't let the children divide you. You need to stand together as one, side by side, arm in arm, and work for this. Work for the good of the children. The children will thank you in the end for it. At the time, it may be hard. My my, my brother is a very stubborn person, a lot like myself. And our dad is a very stubborn person. But he gave. You know what? That's what she said. That's what it is. And that's a good thing. That is how it needs to work in, in the order that God put it down. So... We say see they, they knew we knew know they are going to work together for God. And I want to jump real quickly to Ephesians five. Ephesians five. And we're just gonna look at Oh man. Um. Anybody who is doing Galatians and then Ephesians. Okay, so it's Ephesians in the fifth chapter. And it says, and we're going to start in the eighth verse. And he says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever thou doest make manifest is light, Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleeps, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Everything done in secret is revealed in this light. It all comes out one way or another. You can be ashamed of it, but it'll come out. And even if you didn't happen to do something and you survived it until death, there's a judgment seat where it'll all come out. Now, if you're saved, you won't have to pay for that. it will be covered. But everything comes out. Everything comes out. And no, there's no better disinfectant than the light, the sunlight bringing things out. You, you want to, you're doing something in the darkness of your room, do it in front of people and watch how your attitude about it changes. There's no better disinfectant than the sunlight, than the light. So we are to be, walk, we are to walk in light. We are to be children of the light. We are to raise our children to be children of the light. And I put that, and I have us go to that because if we continue reading in uh, the 69th verse of the first chapter of Luke, we're going to see, actually we'll start in the no it says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for David and the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised of our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the Most High, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from our high height hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the children grew and waxed strong in the spirit and was in the desert till the days of the showing of himself unto Israel. Zacharias showed that he was a man of the gospel. He was a man of the word. He knew his Old Testament because everything he preaches here is quoting the Old Testament, quoting the Psalms, quoting Ezekiel, quoting Jeremiah. He brought his children up bathed in the scriptures, bathed in the holiness of God. John became strong in the spirit as he grew because his father showered him with the scriptures, with the love of God, with the knowledge of God. He kept him strong and obedient throughout his life by giving him the way, showing him the light, that he would work in the light that is shown and manifest to us through the scriptures that we will be children of the light ourselves. So our charge is throughout this holiday season that we go out and celebrate Christmas, the coming of our Savior, and we will proclaim it to all the nations to all the people, and we will be because we are children of the light Amen. and that we will shine on a very darkened world. Amen. Let's bow our heads today for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the people that come out and the children that come out. and blessed today that just the joy of the children. That Thank you that they keep us young and keep us going and that they will grow up and they will be able to proclaim you and be filled with your spirit, be filled with the everlasting water that, that springs forth through them. God, help every one of us that as we go through this day and this time, that we will fill ourselves with you completely to where all of it are, we are, every being of us, every fiber of us is completely in totally filled with you, your love, and your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for everything you've done for us, and hopefully we will believe your promises throughout our life, and you will help us with our unbelief, that we shall be children of God. God, work with us, work on our hearts, and watch us as we go out throughout our day, as we go out throughout our throughout rest of our lives. We ask in everything in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.